Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. open ourselves up, allowing whatever wants to come through to come through. We open up our hearts, we ground ourselves in open-hearted communication. We surrender to what is. We surrender to what is here for us and flow with what is for the highest healing of ourselves, for the highest healing of our community, everyone they come in contact with and for the highest healing of the planet. The portal is now open. Hello, we are on hour two of speaking, Paul and I. (laughs) We literally were supposed Uh. to start this podcast an hour and a half ago. Oh, I have to put my timer on. We're trying a new platform out, guys, so we can only do 60 minutes on the first round. Um, We were supposed to record this podcast one and a half hours ago, and then we got, oh, tell me why I just set my timer, and the time it's going to come beep at is (laughs) 5.55. Numerology. Angelic. The angels have spoken. Amazing. Okay. Anyway, back to what I was saying for the third time. We got on this podcast and just started offloading, you know, what we're both going through. And right before we started speaking, I forgot we're on YouTube, so I need to look at the camera. Right before we started speaking um, or got on here, we were like, let's just be real. I mean, okay, so there we, we are as real as we possibly can be. And then, of course, there come moments where we're like, it feels a little bit too vulnerable to say on the podcast or I don't want to, you know, essentially come off as like that imperfect or that flawed or that, like that level of human, that level of human. And of course, and me and Paula are both in healer spaces where she's a therapist. I'm a breathwork guide. And we're like, wait, I don't want to show that this part of me isn't all the way healed. What if that, you know, fights with my credibility and, This is something that I've actually been exploring for over a year now of just, I'm so over the, um, this expert culture, this expert culture, but this one dimensional identity of, you know, if we look at corporate, you can only be like super professional and you can't show like, you can't be corporate and sexy and a healer and hurting and you know and the truth is that's wild we are literally all of that and I'm so over that I'm so over feeling like in order for us speaking in the healer space like will we get more credibility if we're sitting under a tree all day wearing all white 
we're both wearing white. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Wearing all white, like with <laughs> always, always looking happy with rays of sun hitting our face, always, and a beautiful soundtrack in the background. And that's just mm. not the reality. The honest truth is, and we all on we do know this is, we become who we need most in the world. And I'm someone who I experience things really, really deeply. So I experience the the I've we've battled with depression and anxiety and all of this stuff. So that's why we can work in this field and we can help alchemize that with other people. And just because we've healed that once doesn't mean that now all of a sudden it's never going to come back again. Like this is, this is life. Like this is a journey of being human. You know, if I, I feel like I sound like very angry and passionate right now. And it's because I'm like very fired up from the conversation that we just had. (laughs) It sounds like a TED talk and I'm all the way here for it. It helps. It's inspiring me. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, I, I I can I agree with everything you're saying. I think you know yeah. Matt Haig. Do you know somebody named Matt Haig? He wrote no. the Midnight Library. Oh, okay. He's amazing. He wrote the Midnight yeah. Library. He's a beautiful soul. He's he's very open about his mental health struggles, about his depression, and something that he that he has said is that everybody wants to talk about mental health, but nobody really wants to talk about mental health. They want you to talk about mental health when you are not experiencing a mental health challenge. Right. They want you to talk about mental health when you are actually, when you can say like, this is something I felt in the past, but look at me shiny and bright now, but not, they don't want you to actually get on there crying and in whatever depressive state showing that you know like filming from your bed because you haven't been able to move i almost (laughs) thought about that the other day i swear i'm like how crazy would it be continue and add to that and sometimes i think that artists have a little more freedom for i was hearing jordan peterson talk about this how the advantage to being an artist and living in the artist realm is that you are already breaking a lot of social systems you're breaking through a lot of social systems and your whole career is based on freedom and self-expression and people just come to expect that from artists they're like oh that person's an artist that's why they're not adhering to whatever social norms of propriety you know matt haig is a he's a writer so he can he just goes on there and vulnerably expresses all of it for any of us that are also trying to inhabit the healer professional world, there are social systems that are very much here to be grappled with, which are the social systems of professionalism. Like, and it's real too. I mean, I don't want, I'm not trying to get on a call with my therapist and have her crying or talking to me from her bed. Like by the time she's talking to me, I, I would very much like her to have it together. Yeah. I expect, I want that from the person compartmentalize, that's about to offer me please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I feel like doing this podcast has put me in a very strange predicament where we're here to talk about what's real. <laughs> I just don't think we really knew what we were signing up for when we started this project. 
Oh my god, what? Absolutely no. not. I no. It was like we're here to talk about everything that's real about the human journey and being daringly unfiltered uh, to normalize <laughs> mental health. I was not like, oh shit, I'm about to trigger the fuck out of myself <laughs> for the next. I don't know how long, but I know that as a respect for the work that I do, I compartmentalize my personal life when I show up to work with a client because I, I mean, that's just kind of clean energy. You need that. Like that session isn't about me. That session is about them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been the, that's been the identity of therapists ever since I think the profession of therapists was created is that therapists are these professionals in this ivory tower that have all the answers and do all the research and, oh, you're a therapist, so you must know. And you went to school and you did the hours. So like you're in this ivory tower of professionalism that you can kind of guide me. And that feeling of that kind of being able to, the idea is, I think the message that's portrayed is that being able to buy into somebody having it all together like that allows you to trust them when they're going to guide you through that. And that's imagination. Yeah. I really, I don't know. I don't know any therapist that has it together like that. Maybe Muji has it together like that. But <laughs> You know, or Eckhart Tolle, but I don't know. I don't know. Also, like everybody chooses what they want to share and and people have a certain image that they're selling or a certain product that they're selling or a certain service that they're selling. And there are certain things that it, that kind of align with selling that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think it comes down to who do you want to be? Right. Because there are people who have, I'm getting a little note on our thing. Okay. It's not letting me see you, but it says you're still being recorded. So I will trust that you are. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're okay. a little fuzzy, but okay. I will trust that <laughs> oh your God. recording is clear. Okay. No, we'll be good. I believe it. So I could be fuzzy because the light, because we waited until nighttime to record but anyway, I do believe it does come down to like wh- your values and who you want to be, right? And, and getting really clear on the narratives that are playing out in your head because if you value someone who always looks perfect all the time and can portray a level of professionalism and credibility and in order to be professional and, cre- and credible, your definition of that is like being perfect and super presentable at all times, then you're going to start acting like that. But if your values are placed in being human and being messy and knowing that you can still be professional and messy and messy doesn't mean, you know, like it's, you can be perfectly imperfect and you don't, hello, I can see you again. And I, I do believe it comes down to your values and what you, what you, and, and what you define your identity as. If your definition, my definition for me of my identity has become an identity that completely morphs, I'm multidimensional, I'm someone who can be this and this, and I get really stubborn about whenever a voice in my mind tells me that I can't be that. And I want to be someone who helps other people on their healing journey and is also, I, 
I don't know how not to be super um, like I live inside out. You know, like my imperfections are going to spill out of me because I am the child of Patricia Sinistera and I vocalize <laughs> everything and I'm extremely emotive and you can read everything and I just that's how it is. And I that is who I want to be and I want to believe that I can still help other people on their healing journeys and be all that. And anytime a voice comes in my mind that tells me no, Valentina, like pull it back. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, fuck that. That's not who I want to be. No, like all of this stuff is made up anyway. So I am going to make up the identity that I want to be, which is someone who has no identity and someone who's super, you know, like this is just how it is. And I want to draw on the clients who are drawn into that. And if you need someone to have it a little more like zipped up, then I think that you could so beautifully find someone who has that. But I don't believe that we need to be perfect for everyone. There's going to be clients and even people in relationships who are like, why not be the highest version and the most authentic version of ourselves so we can pull people who are just like that and who can expand that and who can, you can fly together within that and you don't have to hide anything and you can just be. Like how much healing takes place when when we live with our hearts open, you know, instead of just showing this one portion of who we are in order to, you know, make sure we get enough love from the world. But it's if you know that there's so there's 8 billion people on this planet and the love is infinite. You're going to be surrounded by all of that and more. So be who you want to be and get really stubborn about being who you want to be. And you go ahead. You know what? What's interesting is that by choosing to by choosing to be a therapist or a doctor or anybody in the medical field you are kind of you are kind of getting to show the world the expert version of yourself that this is this is what I do I got my degree I did all that um I I have the hours behind me I studied the stuff I've got the knowledge I've can I can I can help you because of all this but I'm going to keep myself as neutral as possible because this isn't about me. And then actually behind that, like, I don't know one therapist or healer or doctor that doesn't have all kinds of personal struggles behind that veil. I don't. I haven't met them. And then we're supposed to show our clients this very perfect image. And I wonder... I mean, I don't know. I wonder how helpful that is. It's not. Maybe, like you were saying, like like you're saying it's helpful. It, it might be helpful for some people, but maybe the people that want to uphold these ivory towers yeah. that maybe hopefully sooner are going to become a relic of the past moving forward into this new earth that we're creating where humans get to be human. And it's crazy because I've always wanted to be human. <laughs> that sounds crazy to say. But I'm an artist. Like, before I ever became a therapist, I spent years of my life just, like, not, literally not giving enough and making art and serving tables and still studying psychology and being really intrigued with human nature and being on my own journey of learning, but also constantly in my own mind challenging a lot of the social norms that I was witnessing all around me. But then... 
I had to get into grad school. And I remember putting on my nice outfit and going for that interview and saying all the right things. And then I had to get the internship. And I remember showing up, putting on my nice outfit and saying all the right things that they want to hear, that are professional, that are, it's a very one dimensional representation of yourself that companies are looking for when they're hiring you and mm -hmm. schools are looking for, they want, they want to know that you're multi, they want to know that you're multidimensional and they want to know that you're diverse, but only to a certain extent. Right. I would say like, give, give me, give me a neat package of your mess. Like give me a, a, uh, a good soundbite of your mess, you know, like, oh, tell me, tell me what was the most hard, what was the most difficult experience that you had, but make sure that you butter it up by telling me exactly how resilient and how resilient you were in moving through it. Like, we just want that part of human nature. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. That's what we're taught helps us survive. So then you started thinking about the darker, heavier emotions and the scar tissue that we're all born into, as a past guest expressed. And there's no place for that. Like, we better find a way to, to hold that together. And, like, whoever can keep it the tightest and, and the most neatly packaged has the best chance at getting, getting along in this game of life that we're playing. It's so crazy. I remember when you were speaking. Also, I feel so dark right now. Should I turn on another light? I risk looking I don't completely. Know. What? You're so, you're so pixelated, so I don't know. <clears throat> Hello. Oh, my God. So shadowy. Behind the scenes, you guys, this is clearly not a very professional studio. <laughs> it's okay. We're pushing forth. I hope we are a great example that anyone can do this. Truly. <laughs> Go for your dreams. So I remember when you were speaking, I was, when I was out of college looking for a job, applying to jobs, I just... Ugh, super corporate stuff I didn't want to be in and the lady was like so like you know do you live nearby and I was like oh yeah I live in Midtown with my boyfriend and I didn't get the job and then they gave me feedback and they were like don't ever think that it's okay to say that you live or to bring your boyfriend into a conversation and that was the reason and I what? remember sitting there and I was like was that inappropriate like I'm trying to understand how that was inappropriate like I don't she was like, don't ever bring your boyfriend up. Like, personal life does not belong in an interview. And I'm like, get the fuck out. Come on now. <laughs> like, this is just exaggerated. <laughs> like, we're, I have a boyfriend. We're hum Like, this is crazy. And that is such an exaggerated version, but real version of how a lot of the systems in, our, in this world operate. But we're seeing that a lot of systems are crumbling a lot of and COVID exposed a lot of that the pandemic exposed that you know people are seeing that oh you can work from home we we never thought you could do this kind of thing from home well you can people are seeing in a bunch of different ways things that we never thought possible but we can do and a lot of grittiness and darkness is coming out right now but it's because all of these things need to be torn down we need to reevaluate what it's like to live in a world that we can actually like exist and thrive in, 
You know, like what are, who are we keeping this show up for? Why are we all just trying to survive? And I don't believe that, you know, the story of needing to show up perfect. I believe that less people actually like the less audiences actually believe that the people we, we, the performers, not me and Paula, but like people who may be thinking that I think we're the ones upholding that more than anyone else is expecting that from us. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I think that I, I hope it makes sense. <laughs> like, I hope that that's true. I mean, I would hope that that's true. I also think, though, that a lot of people have been conditioned into trusting the show and wanting the show and, and expecting the show. So, like, but you don't want to see your doctor second guess themselves. You don't want to see your therapist. I mean... I mean, the gig is over. If you listen to this podcast, you see that side of me. But like, at least when you're in session, you don't want to see your you, you don't want to see your therapist make mistakes. Really, I think I unless you're on this journey of questioning all these systems. But the majority, I don't know. I don't know where the percentages lie. But I would say that the vast majority of our culture has been conditioned to this is what an expert looks like. This is what a performance looks like. If you know, I think when Mariah Carey did that show and she was lip singing or something and you could kind of tell everybody panicked or when Britney Spears did a show, I think now we know that she was actually at the top of her mental health challenges and doing a show in Vegas and she was tripping all over the place and everybody panicked. Like, that's not what we want to see. We don't want to see that. We want to see the perfectly polished Britney you know no but yeah there is a big I think like at the same time it's like if okay if it it, I think it comes down to what world do you want to see and what world do you want to push forward what narratives do you want to push forward to you know if like for me personally speaking the vision that I see for the new earth this new world is people who are more human people who allow humanness humanity and people who respect each other respect nature and and if I I personally want that then that is what I have to uphold for myself so I think it really does go into like what are your own values and maybe other people still do want the perfection but like that has nothing to do with me and the world that I'm building we'll magnetize wherever we need to magnetize so instead of thinking what does this world need to see it's like no what do you want to create yeah, that's powerful. I think that it takes courage to choose that path. I wonder, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know that I was a little more deeply indoctrinated into the educational system than you were. But I still had that rebellious streak in me. Like, I was still an artist, and I was still, I've, I've still always kind of questioned social structures and systems. I very much do that, but when it comes time to actually, when it came time to becoming a professional, I almost learned to compartmentalize that part of me so I could show up to the office and be like, no, I'm, I really do have it all together, guys. <laughs> you yeah. hired the right person. <laughs> you hired the right, <laughs> yeah. don't you worry. <laughs> um. You know, and then at night I'd be flinging paint 
and messy bun and just whatever. But when it came down time to kind of survive and have a career, that's what had to happen. Yeah. At least here in Georgia, I don't think I, I mean, now there's movement happening, but that paradigm of things being kept together has been pretty predominant in this society for a very long time. And it I has. think that's, that's the, that's the over emphasis of the masculine energy dominating everything. I was listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast where they were talking about how masculine energy is all about the goal and the product and the overemphasis on the outcome and feminine energy is about the process. Mm -hmm. And for so long in our society, the focus has been on what is the product and what is the outcome and are you, are you giving this to me in a deliverable package that I can easily consume um, that moves the economy forward that people can take in easily? Or are you showing me like a messy process? And we've become so overemphasized in that goal and product mindset that we're also destroying the planet in that in that process like you, you know when you go to the grocery store all the produce that you see there is that are you freezing up no i'm here when you when you go to the grocery store all the produce that you see there is the pretty produce there's tons of produce that gets tossed because it doesn't look perfect the meat yeah. that gets sold, it's pumped up. It's, it's all about the product and the outcome. That's what's dominated versus the process, which is like, well, no, like my tomato may look lumpy AF, but it was created in this organic environment. Yeah, we've bought into, we very much bought into the image, the idea. No more, man. I really challenge, I don't know how much you can... I mean, reflect back to me. I feel like I have, I am very stubborn about my rebelliousness against these systems. You know, like I, I can't. I'm so. Continue. <laughs> oh, no, I want to hear what you can say. Yeah, just like I, for me, there is no other way. There's just no other way. I can't, I don't know, maybe this is part of why my spirit came to this planet, but there has been a thread inside of me since I was really little, God bless my parents, that like, w I questioned every single rule. I remember telling my parents over and over again, you are not my God, <laughs> when they would tell me certain things. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, at a certain point, you do have to question <laughs> like question these <laughs> systems and these structures and are you following or are you creating and get stubborn about it. And every time that there's a voice in your mind that's telling you, no, this is the only way that you can show up, get stubborn about questioning that and make yourself show up exactly as you are and knowing that you're going to give the same amount of gold, even more gold. Cause now you can be exactly who you are. Yeah. And that's crazy because I talk about that with my clients all the time. When we're talking about moving towards healthy relationships, 
the number one thing that that matters is being able to be authentic in your relationship. I know that as somebody that has been in the like been healing the anxious avoidant attachment style, I had to a lot of that attachment style was rooted in I'm afraid to be close to people, but I want to be close to people, but I'm afraid because if I come in they'll hurt me. So then I would show up perfectly for that relationship. And then once I had the relationship, I'd be like, this is not the relationship I want. Because in order to get it, I kind of put on like a a job interview type of outfit. And then I would get into it and I would realize like, this isn't the relationship I want. And I would be stuck in that and need to, and like, it would just wouldn't end up working out anyways. So the only way to be able to develop healthy relationships is to, as we go along, while we're in the process of getting to know each other, show up as real as possible and say what you don't like, say what you do like, be honest about what's happening in your head, be honest about the thoughts that you're thinking, because if not, those things that you're thinking are going to bother you anyways. And then when the relationship becomes more finalized, that didn't go away. But now you're in a relationship that you sold yourself out for. And Mm -hmm. I talk with clients about that all the time, you know, the need for authenticity, because if you can't show up whole to your relationships, also relationships are going to be draining. Like part of the avoidant thing that ends up happening too is like, if you feel like you only can show one side of yourself in your relationships, then you can only be with people for so long before you get tired and need to go an introvert again. Because if not all of you is welcome at the party, then you're basically doing a performance and you can only perform for so long. Then you have to go back and be on your own. So that was a whole tangent for saying that I talk about clients with, I talk to clients about this on a regular basis and we work through it. And then while I'm having this conversation with you, I'm realizing, I don't think I had fully realized how compartmentalized my my identity has been. Because I also had that extremely rebellious artist streak in me that I would question everything. Like, you can't tell me who to date. You can't tell me what career to do. You can't tell me how to go about this. This is I want to trust my intuition and I want to move in that way. But then when it came time to be a professional, there is definitely a lot of things that I have negotiated maybe is the word for it so that I could get the job you know like I'm not there's some level of professionalism that's expected and in this society we have very much confounded I I know it's changing and it's people are moving but until now (laughs) until these last few years maybe where the movement has started we have confounded um professionalism and having a very neatly packaged offering with with expert status that like you are you know what you're talking about if you look like you have together and you present it as you have it together yeah and if you I think even just like open that up even more you look like if you hide parts of yourself you know yes 
If you hide yeah. parts of yourself. And I remember I was in corporate world for approximately eight months and never went back. And I got really, this is, I want people to know how much say we have in our realities. And you guys hear me say this over and over again. And, but I, I won't stop saying it because it's so real. So much of this is fear. So much of it is fear. You know, I, yep. to go from my, the corporate world after I did that, I was like, I'm not going back. I can't, I have to find something different. I have to find something that allows me to, to have this freedom and spaciousness and does not treat me like a robot and also allows me to be exactly who I am. Cause you can go to corporate jobs and they can give you a million and one benefits and entice you to basically sell your soul, you know? And I'm like, I don't want that. Take the benefits. And I ended up finding another job after that where I had to take almost almost half my pay, a huge pay cut. But the perks were basically that, like, you just get the job done whenever you want. And as long as it's done by the time it needs to be done, I don't care how you look, where you want to work from, or if you want to go to Paris and get it done, you know, like live your best life and also show up as you. And me and that boss would also talk about depression. And we'd be like, I feel depressed today. I feel this today. I feel that when we were messy and we would laugh, but... I felt so free and money wasn't even an issue. And before I took that job, my biggest fear was money. My biggest fear, like I had to, money was number one. I had to find jobs that gave me money. But then when I prioritized my freedom and being able to be who I wanted to be, money was not even an issue. I already felt abundant. I thought I needed money in order to feel free. And I made myself free without needing the money. And then after that, I was able to double my pay. You know, it's like, this is why you embody the energy that you want to live in and live in it fiercely and stubbornly. And it will come to you. And maybe for a minute you might sacrifice money or you might sa your biggest fears may come true and you may have less clients because you, pr you finally showed the most authentic version of yourself or whatever. But then sooner or later, how energy works is that you're going to bring that reality to you. You're going to start finding more people and more job opportunities and more situations that are exactly aligned with who you want to be. And then you start realizing how much of a say you have in creating your own reality. And then you're like, fuck, I will never, ever, ever compromise myself again because I already see that it's possible. I made it to the other side. I faced my fears and I got stubborn about being exactly who I was and exactly what I wanted you've got to like really strip those narratives away from your inner being so you can see them like lay them out in front of you and see your fears in front of you and make the decision to face them head on and make the decision to create a completely different reality for yourself than the one that you've been told is the only possible one and it's scary it's so scary but then it gets way less scary when you step into your your creator mode I can say that living in fear is probably, and it is way more painful in the long run than just doing what you just described, although that's really painful and terrifying for a lot of people. I think that for a lot of people that face financial insecurity growing up or any, or just instability, the moment that this system offers you a semblance of stability, it's hard to let that go. Like those parts of you that were afraid are like, oh, no, we can't, we're not moving from here. Mm -hmm. But then what happens if you do compromise yourself and abandon parts of yourself in order to do that, 
you don't feel free. And so you're trading freedom for comfort. Mm -hmm. And that is when depression sets in. Yes. And so it's, you know, either we face our fears and get really uncomfortable or get comfortable and end up depressed. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say earlier, too, is I believe so much of where depression lies. It's because we've tucked certain parts of ourselves away in our shadow and we feel suppressed. But we, when we can free ourselves, it doesn't turn into depression. It doesn't because there's still such a level of freedom inside of your body and inside of your being. That it, it I don't know, it, it becomes easier. There are obstacles that are just a little easier to face. But when you've cut yourself off and parts of your spirit off, that to me is more painful than anything in the world. Than anything in the world. I couldn't, I remember going to that job and being like, I am going to need drugs to get through this. Like, I understand why there's an opioid epidemic because this is crazy. There's no way that we can function pretending anymore. Or we can and just I something that I've been thinking about while we're having this conversation is that this is probably exactly why everybody just waits for the weekend to get really, really drunk. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do drugs of some kind and just yeah. completely disconnect from everything because... It, that's kind of like the medicine. That's a pattern. You abandon parts of yourself in order to, do, to get the job done, but you are anxious and miserable inside because you don't feel free. And then the drugs and the alcohol give you the illusion of freedom. They give you the momentary experience of freedom where everything is okay and I don't, I'm dis- I, I, I don't care. I feel really, really good. And so it's like, it's the illusion of freedom, but we're not really free if we're not living in our authenticity. I do think, although I've had that streak of creative artist rebel inside of me my whole life, I definitely, having this conversation and even what we, this long ass conversation we have that you guys are, you guys are only hearing half of, um, I definitely do see where I started compromising my identity a long, long time ago in order to make things work for myself, in order to get by in school. School 100% teaches you to abandon yourself, mm-hmm. the educational system. I remember at the, when I was my last year in school, I went up to every single teacher I was actually depressed. And I remember everyone around me, they were like depressed and miserable and just taking a whole bunch of Adderall and to get it done. And I remember I went up to my teachers and I was like, I am depressed. I cannot finish this project. This is a mental health issue. <laughs> like fully, fully. I'm like, I refuse. You can't like, this is just as valid. This is just as valid. And I, I never, yeah. yeah I, I it's amazing it. that you gave yourself that right. <laughs> really? Yeah, what are they going to tell me? I mean, they could. I got lucky, I guess, because I'm sure they can be like, sorry, I don't care. Yeah, 
I mean, I can, I can definitely go back and see where I shut down parts of myself in order to make it through in the system. And then I had a little bout in my 20s where my artist came out and I was like, no, forget all of this. And then, but then it was just like so uncalculated and so reactive that it didn't take me anywhere else. Like, it was just like, oh, that didn't work. But yeah. I, I think it was still riddled with so much, it was still riddled with so much fear that it didn't work. It, it's interesting because you have to find a balance between you have to be grounded as you move into challenging these systems. I think grounded you're and, just, and like very stubborn about knowing how much power you have, like super stubborn about it and believing in something that isn't yet here, but believing in it fully. I think a lot of people and what you and me did in the beginning rebel without a cause was we were stubborn in our independence, but in a very fearful way because we knew it was going to get taken away from us. And yeah. the approach that I ended up taking later on in life was I'm actually going to like put my flag down and stand here with my back straight and tell you exactly what I want. I'm not going to run away or do all these other things because I'm afraid. No, I'm going to stand here because I actually know that I can get it. I can, you know, and, and I just, we have so much more power than we believe. So, and we can come up with a million and one excuses on why like it's not possible. But at the end of the day, there's a million and one stories out there as well of why it is possible. People who defeated all odds because they just refused to derail from the path that they knew they were going to take in this life. It takes stubbornness. And commitment to your freedom. Mm -hmm. And seeing, and I think it does have to get to a point of like, what do you actually want? You know, because for me, it was more painful to put on slacks and a button up t-shirt and show up at 9 a.m. and leave at 5 p.m. than to get a pay cut. I was like, I'll live off ramen if I need to. But you are not taking my hoodie away from me. <laughs> no. You're not taking my hoodie away. It was, it, it, for me, it was actually, it really was more painful. And I realized like getting really, really real, like what, what do I actually value in this life? And if it is money and whatever, some, for some people you can compromise and there's nothing wrong with that. But for the, that we're speaking directly to the people who, if you're just tired of hiding parts of yourself or believing that you can't get what you want, because of what you're telling yourself, question that. Question that because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I think that my bouts of depression have definitely come from exactly that. From settling into, I was gonna say settling into a life that is less than what I want at times or into relationships that aren't really the highest ideal is just kind of like, well, I guess this will, I guess this will work. But there's a, just, it's such a depressed energy. But also though, when we are in school, we don't really have that choice. It's when I, I don't remember, I remember being in the educational system and you just kind of have to do what you're being told from this a very This is why I age. almost got suspended. <laughs> I like just would not show up. I couldn't, dude. I my spirit, I think, has just been sent to not fully be able to. I've I am here 
to be on the other side and to pull you guys out of it because I've, I couldn't even fully, even in school. <laughs> I did that too. Of by senior year, I was barely there. Yeah. Um, somehow I still man, I still managed to get the grades. That's I feel like I've had to kind of. There's been there had to be there's been a schism in my identity almost to make this thing work or to get it this far, because I was like, no, 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 I still have to get the grades. Like there's still enough fear driving me that I had to get the grades, but the rebellious streak was still there where I was like, you guys, like, I don't want to be kept here for this many hours in a row. This is horrible. But also I think I just, I had the kind of, I had a very sensitive temperament and I think that years of being told what to do and being in such strict schedules for so many hours in a row did make me depressed. I stopped feeling free when I was in fourth grade, like that early on is when I felt the heaviness of it. And that just continued because I kept having to be in these spaces that I did not want to be in. And then it kind of trains your brain. If you're, if you spend enough years in that energy, your brain gets kind of wired into that. Yeah. You just break and keep, keep moving yeah. in the system. Yeah. Yeah. And then it takes, takes a little more energy and commitment to unwire that. Cause it does like actually just scientifically, like depression breaks down neurons in your brain. Like it actually causes brain damage. Not to say you can't come back from it, but it does. You start, you know, it's like the, um, those experiments that they've done with the, with the dogs where they like, it's so sad. I know it's so sad, but it's trigger like warning. when an animal trigger warning, when an animal is being shocked and humans are the same, when you're being shocked or like just you like enslaved in a way, which for me, school felt like that. Like I yeah. felt trapped in that space. I felt trapped in that space and you can't do anything about it. And then on top of that, they're putting so much pressure on you to be perfect while you're there. Um, at some point, your soul kind of like gives up. And you just can't do it because yeah. you're supposed to like they kind of it, the system for temperaments like us that are very sensitive. The system can, can kind of break your spirit. And, you know, once you stray so far away from who you really, really are, you can kind of forget who you are and you can kind of forget how, how it is to, to be you. You know, I think that I do have a lot of compassion for that. And. I get super fired up, as you can tell, about the, if you, like, now is the time to snap out of it. Now is the time. And there's, there's help for that, if you want that. Because I, it kills me inside to see people who are stuck. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Like, maybe because I was. Maybe because I was, and then I made it out, and then I saw what of what an illusion it all was and I say illusion because we believe that it can only be one way and then when you're on the other side of it you're like oh my god I was brainwashed you know yeah. oh it is safe to be me I can be exactly who I am it is safe to want what I want and I can also be me while wanting what I want while making money what like it is so possible 
it is possible. And if you don't think it's possible, but that's something you want, then start seeking examples of people who have done that and make those people your inner circle. You are the accumulation of the five people that you hang around with. And if the five people that you're mostly around with, and I include podcast people that you listen to as well and YouTube people, if they're constantly saying one thing, like align your values and what you want to the, to the noise that's going into your ear and the Instagram things that you see and the books that you read and the words that you tell yourself and the narratives that you feed yourself, get really diligent about what you are taking in. Really diligent. I recently went on a little bit of a podcast um, Instagram hiatus because I it was just so much noise. It was so much noise. noise. And I got off of it for an entire weekend and I had to force myself to get back on it on Monday. And I want to be on it because you guys are on there and our community's on there. And, you know, I that that is an amazing source of community, but also you have to get really diligent about hearing your own voice. And when there's so much external energy pulling you in a million different directions, it's hard to stay centered. It's hard to remember your values and belief systems and what you think is possible. And it's hard to not compare yourself to certain people. And it's hard to not remember that you are the creator of all of this. So, you know, if what you need to do is wake up in the morning when your brain waves are still slow and you're still in a bit of a hypnotic state, sit there and meditate and feed yourself with beliefs that you want to step into even if you don't fully feel in that if you don't fully feel the reality inside of your body use that morning to align your energy to that energy and knowing it is fully possible with blind faith and it may be uncomfortable and it may feel like this isn't real for a minute but keep doing it and doing it and doing it and find examples of people who are doing it and just like fill your reality up with that until it becomes your reality and be super stubborn about it and come do breath work with me. I'm hosting breath work <laughs> once a month now, by the way, um, on the full moon. So breath work for me has been one of the main tools that I've used to hearing my own voice and tapping into a wisdom that's bigger than the narratives that have been fed to me. So if you guys want to try, try it out once a month, I think. I'll put, put it up on my Instagram and on Pretty Mental's Instagram, but I think they're the link. We'll put a link in the show notes if you guys want to do that. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I think something else that can be helpful that I'm starting to embrace more, um, a little more intensely this year, is fear setting. So kind of going after the things that you fear. And that so that you can rewire your relationship to those things so that your threshold for what's scary actually goes up and you're easy you're harder to manipulate and harder to control when you fear less so everything we fear it's time to start facing into it it's so real oh it's so real it is, and I've seen it so powerfully because I think this is, I know why, okay. And I kind of said it, but we only have four minutes, so I'll try to do it in 60 seconds. I, you, I was a shell of myself for like 10 years. And for many reasons, some of the ones that we spoke in the last podcast, other ones, yeah, because I was sourcing my power fully into the relationships that I was in 
both intimate and platonic. And then I, uh, in 2020, a bunch of things happened. You guys have heard about it. Not all, you haven't heard about all of it because it involves other people and I don't want to get them involved. But basically like all of the structures around me that were the structures keeping me safe completely crumbled, completely crumbled. And that's when I realized that, you know, I started to do harder things. I started to face my fears. Like some of my fears were made, they made me face them. I didn't get the choice because whatever the universe but then I saw that I could face one thing and then I kept intentionally facing other fears and other fears and then when I made it to the other side of it I have journal entries and journal entries stating all the things that I was afraid of and reading and and once I made it to the other side and I read back on those I'm like oh my god like what a freaking illusion seriously Fear setting. Yeah. Instead of goal setting. <laughs> fear, fear setting. Fear setting. Yeah. Open yourself up Get to Get you knowing. to your goals anyways. Yeah. And trust that you'll be okay. You really will. Yeah. You really yeah. will. All right, you guys. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. As always. Every Every part of you is welcome here. All of it. All of it. Seriously, every single part of you. And we really, really, really mean that. Be exactly who you are. There's nothing wrong with you. You are you. And that is the most beautiful thing about you. So bring all of the hidden parts of yourself out. Because there are wacky ass people like me and Paula who appreciate that stuff. Okay. How boring if we were all the For same. For sure. Mm-mm. Definitely boring. All right, you guys. Los queremos right. mucho. Los queremos mucho. Peace out. Bye. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs>